motherfuckers in school telling me always at the blacksmith, Rhaenyra ain't about this, Rhaenyra ain't about that. My girl, princess, I'm fucking Daemon in them. He, he, he say that princess don't be putting in no work. Shut the fuck up. Y'all bitches ain't no shit. All y'all motherfuckers talking about princess ain't no hitter. Princess ain't this. Princess a fake. Shut the fuck up. Y'all don't live with Rhaenyra. Y'all know Rhaenyra got caught with a ratchet. Shooting at Otto and shit. Princess been on Dragon Zone since fucking I don't know when. Hightower stopped fucking playing her like that. Them dragon savages out there. If I catch another Hightower talking sweet about Rhaenyra, I'm fucking beating their ass. I'm not fucking playing no more. Know them dragons roll with little Cyrax in them. Welcome Man. to Deep Thrones. Man. This is our review of House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 10, The Black Queen. Lil Reese and them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm Sims. My partner, Sheedy's here. What's up? Hey, man. I am on my second Jack Daniels Lemonade. Jack Daniels Lemonade, huh? Lemonade. Crispy. Yeah. So This those... is a white girl. Uh, What's it called? White girl. I'm getting white girl wasted <laughs> for The Black Queen. Contains 4.8% alcohol by volume. Wow. No joke. That's awesome. Yeah, so how is that? What's up? <laughs> so, so we, uh, earlier this week, I, well, I guess, no, you guys are listening to this on Monday. So last week, we kind of hit the studio. We developed this mm. this idea. One of our one of our motto, and one of our lifelong idols, Chief Keef. Chief Keef, love from S- Chicago. Sosa. What's up, dude? Love Sosa. So we, we kind of did well. a little remix to the intro to that song. A couple things I want to say before you go further. Okay. We, we, we. Give yourself some credit. Chris came up with this idea for sort of a diss track of the greens. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, you got to do it. I didn't know if he actually would. You know, I thought it was going to be like him on TikTok. And then he sends like this audio clip to me. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but he did it essentially to the music, but not recorded with the music. So then I cut it to the music. Really an easy part process because Chris did it so well. And then uh, Kinsey, made our master of TikTok, made the slideshow. So it really was a team effort. It was a team effort. I would say 60% Chris, 30% Kinsey, and like 10% me, I think is a fair breakdown. Well, you know, that's the part of being on the Deep Thrones team. We all get get credit for everything. We all get our boards. We get our stats. We we all get our stats. But uh, no, no, it was really fun. And I actually recorded it on video. And I looked at the video of myself doing it. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to post that. (laughs) It's tough. It's awkward. You know, it's weird when you write something you got to read it off i thought you did great though i was cracking up just the lyrics and the uh supplanting sort of weird al style what chief keef said with what mm-hmm. you were parodying it i thought it was really well done i had to i had to tiptoe around some of the words in that some <laughs> chief Ke- they say a fair amount of s- slurs yeah quite frankly <laughs> so yeah it was it, when when i was talking about it Cheedy was like hey just when you're recording it make sure it's words that we can both say yeah <laughs> make sure it's words that Anyone would be allowed to say in any setting. <laughs> so uh, we also had a watch party here for the yeah. season finale. That was First fun. time, uh, good good pals of the pod, Garrett and Grace. Yeah, we had my wife of the pod, Sarah, showed up. Um, CD's sister was here as well. Yeah, sister of the pod. <laughs> and we, we got Grisano's Pizza, which if you haven't heard of it. Get it. Get it. It's it's like the, it's an unknown secret, but it it's is. it's so good. Like the sweet sauce, it's mm. cheap. It's, it's cheap pizza. It's so cheap. And they don't know like how good they must not know how good it is because they're sitting on a gold mine. They should. This is like listen. I've had all the Chicago deep dish places and I love them. This I'll take this any day of the week. I I I, I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. And I would say maybe they're doing like the Costco technique yeah, with the hot dogs. Right. They're keeping the same price a dollar fifty. 
and they're just counting on on the loyalty of of their yeah. consumers. Their ovens never get cold. And now for the for the sad news, and we hate to be the ones to deliver this to you. This is a this is hot news. This is hot news. Sad. It's a sad day. It's a bad it's day. A sad day. It's a bad day. So, in regards to House of the Dragon season two, it it's appears, happening. It's happening. Yes, that's that's the good news. The bad news for some is that it appears as if they're going to have a 2024 release date. Now. now our our theory is that they're going to go back to the regular spring schedule that Game of Thrones was on for all their seasons for all their seasons moving forward and our another take that we have on it is that we're absolutely fine with it thrilled with it one first off it doesn't compete then with Sunday night football mm-hmm. HBO that's an easy choice for HBO and the re- and everyone's like well why are they doing it it's a year and a half well keep in mind they did not want to release House of the Dragon in August they had to because they had to stop like five times because of COVID outbreaks. Remember, this was filmed during the height of COVID. Yeah, and they and had on to top of that, they stop. had the they had the pressure to beat Lord of the Rings to market, which exactly. they did by like two weeks. Exactly, and they and as a result, they had more viewers tune in that first night. Right. So and from a business standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. You, I mean, all the people that that we know that watch, or I wouldn't say everyone, but I would guess maybe 80% of the people that we know that watch also watch football. Yes. So you're com- you're actively competing with that small, I don't know, hour yeah. and a half out of the week. Yeah. Are you going to watch Sunday night football? Are you going to watch Monday night football, Thursday night? You know, it's... Their competition in the spring is essentially non-existent on Sunday yeah. nights. It's it makes too much sense because also HBO just prefers their big releases being in in that in that time period. Also, Let's be honest, it's also easier to compete for Emmy nominations at that point in time. Releasing now this close to the Emmys really makes things confusing because it's like, well, then are they qualified for this year's Emmys or do you have to wait a whole fucking year then? Right. And by then it's out of the hearts and minds of Emmy voters, believe it or not. Every studio considers that when they're releasing these kinds of shows that are actually going to be in consideration. So it makes too much sense. Yes, it's a year and a half, but you look at the bright side. Boom, spring, you can enjoy Sunday night football. And then, of course, I mean, a year and a half. This is when shit starts popping off. So they have a lot of time to really map it out and make it perfect, get the CG right, get the, you know, everything they need right. I think it's great. Yeah, that's a good point. They're also thinking about bringing on some big names in season 2 as well. I now the ca- those are casting rumors. I'd be curious to see if they go hard, really like big names. That would be wild. I'm all for it. But two characters that they are actively, their casting calls out there for are Craig and Stark and Lady Jane Aaron. Yeah, who both of them are major players in the upcoming in the upcoming seasons, plural. Yeah, Jace is on his way at the end of this episode to both of those places to, yeah. to visit, to, to, I guess, treat with Lady Aaron and then Lord Stark. So Yeah, and, and who were the two rumors again? Henry Cavill. For, Henry he's Cavill. a little old for Craig and Stark. I think that might have been a fanboy casting idea but he'd be I great mean, I, I think mean, he would play a great he's got a Korean he's got star. the chin yeah. you know he's got the abs he, i think he'd be great i think th- i mean i think i would prefer him to just be younger but yeah. i think you know hey he does a he does an amazing job in the witcher which is a kind of i wouldn't similar say similar show. but it's a fantasy show yeah and so we so, know he can rock the long hair and yeah. then people are saying elizabeth olsen should play lady jane aaron which i would love too i would too i just don't i just don't know if these were rumors from the industry or if these were people online being like you know it would be cool you know i think one thing that places elizabeth olsen closer is she's in she's in an hbo show yeah, already she is right now with jesse Plemons. so i think I, I mean i think if she's 
If she's already got a contract with HBO, it's easy, and she wouldn't have to audition for this. I mean, it would no. It would I mean, be hers. if you're getting Henry Cavill and Elizabeth Olsen, they're not auditioning anyways. Right. You're asking them like, "Do you want to do it?" Yeah. You know, like, yeah. would you guys be willing to? Uh, I'm curious to see which way they go because I could also see them going unknown actor to let them build the role themselves, you know, and kind of create that clout. But like, kind of like an Emma Darcy style. But I think though. You can also look at it like it's been a year and a half delay, and if you do have a Henry Cavill as Lord Stark, people, people kind of get excited for it. Elizabeth yeah. Olsen, yeah. I mean, especially. Dude. I mean, then you're pulling from like similar fan bases too that follow yes. the Marvel universe with Elizabeth Dude, Olsen. And Elizabeth and then, Olsen, her character has a scene with Laris. We can understand what those feet look like a little bit. Yeah, they're going to be on separate sides, so I don't think that they would be. In I don't the same know. Scene. Yeah. Maybe they just talk about like because like because like Jane Aaron's actually a decent person, so she doesn't associate with the Greens. Oh wow, that's yeah. unfair. Are you saying I'm not a decent person? <laughs> but I'm very excited. You want to get into it? Should yeah, into let's it? dive into I this it was review. Really good discussion. I, I really am excited. So if you're upset about the 2024, we get it, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, all right, so we, we we start on Dragonstone. We're in the Dragonstone map room. Shit's going good. I love the Dragonstone map room. Mm-hmm. It's. I wonder. It's like when when Stannis is there, and then Daenerys. If they knew that you could light it up at the bottom with a little fire, you know. I don't, I don't, they I don't knew think that. they knew. They just probably didn't know. They didn't. They, didn't they just no didn't know. They never thought about it. It was too far away. Because they just never got it. Um, <laughs> Luke is touching Driftmark. He's having some. He's feeling himself a little bit. Kind of getting into the feels. Rhaenyra walks in and she talks to him, and he kind of does like a whole like I don't want Driftmark. And she's like, Listen, your 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 duty is bigger than you. Kind of, you know. Yeah, I. I would be remiss if I don't mention this, but Rhaenyra was wearing an absolutely stunning black dress. That's my queen. She looked beautiful. She was okay. gorgeous. Um, Am I allowed to say that? I, yeah, if you, yeah, I guess. She can get it. Am I allowed to say it? Can I say it? <laughs> All right. She's a babe. Is that right. okay? Because I'm Team Greens? D- down boy. Down okay, boy. Sorry. I, well, I don't know what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but like you were saying, Luke Luke is basically admitting that he can't be Lord of the Tides. He knows nothing about shifts. He's not, He's kind of just like a little, he's, he's a little untested boy in general. He reminds me a lot of myself. The hair. Well, but he's a bit of a but bitch. You're, you're, you have a captain background, though, so you know both. Current age. Me back oh, then, though, oh, with the okay. hair, just the overall demeanor of apathy and confusion <laughs> and weakness, <laughs> and like probably a little bit of peed pants. Like that's me in a, in a nutshell. Uh, but yeah, no, he he does. He's very green, but he like knows it. You yeah. know I mean, like young Rhaenyra was green, but she was like, "Well, fucking teach me, Viserys. Let yeah. me sit in." He like he he, he doesn't want it. You yeah. know, it's but. He's, Rhaenyra sort of educates him, and I love. I think Rhaenyra's great with her children. They do a really good job of Rhaenyra with the kids. Yeah, honestly, if if there wasn't parentage issues there, I feel like the the blacks would just be the perfect side. I mean, they they still kind of are, yeah. you know, even with the parentage issues, especially with how Lainor's story ended up. Yeah, I think in the show especially. Yeah, I mean. for sure. But so a Kingsguard walks in, Sir Laurent, uh, and he says, "Yo, Rhaenys arrived on dragon's back." Um, and then Rainey's has a quick uh, meeting with Damon and, and Rhaenyra where she drops the bomb. Yo, Viserys is dead. Aegon's mm-hmm. the king. The Greens have usurped. And they didn't say his last name, but I think that that's Sir Laurent Marbrand, which would then put him as a as a Westerman kind of on the Lannister side. So I think that comes into play later on with the scene with Damon. But yeah, gotcha. they they get that devastating news with Viserys is dead. Um, Aegon being crowned as the successor. Damon immediately assumes that Viserys has been slain. Well, yeah, and I get it. He's mad. He's angry. But I was like, dude, you saw him. You saw <laughs> he him. He was literally on his deathbed when Damon he was last spoke to him. Literally, like 
coughing up eyeballs. Like, you, you he's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, they didn't slay him. <laughs> and as soon as Rhaenyra gets this news, her baby starts kicking, like, painfully. Yeah, she's essentially so stressed out from all this news, and it's not helping that Damon is fucking throwing F-bombs. He's pissed. He's like, we need to do this, we need to do that. Rhaenys is kind of just hard-faced, and... Um, Essentially, Rhaenyra goes into labor right there and then. A yeah. way too early labor. Way too early. And be- and before that point, Rainy, we do get a little explanation from Rainey's on her decision-making when she had Maylees right in front of the entire Greens. I did love that, actually. And she said, it, it wasn't my war to begin. I know there's going to be a war happening, but it wasn't mine to begin. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like, that made no sense last episode. And then like her, that line, again, a lot of people will be like, oh, come on. But like in that world... That means something. That yeah. 100% means something. Yeah, I mean, we, we see later on in the episode that Rhaenyra didn't even want to start a war. So, no. Yeah. No one wants to start. Well, people want to start. Well, the world we live in, people want to start wars. But <laughs> no one wants to start, no one wanted to start a war here. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, Damon is, is preparing defenses with, like, the lords that they do have. Not a very strong host at this point in time. But they have a lot of oaths, which is cool, from 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of stale oaths. Excuse me, you can see Damon's mind already coming in where he's thinking war immediately. Starts yeah. setting up defenses, patrol the islands, surround everyone, conscript the dragon keepers, which it might be cool to see some of the dragon keepers in, in combat. I would love it. I bet they get like the spears going because yeah. they kind of had the spears. I also want to point this out about Damon. I think Damon caught a little, he caught a break the last two episodes, even though he beheaded Vaymon because people were like, you know what, he's a great husband to Lena. He was a great husband to Rhaenyra. But I think in this episode, we see that episodes one through four, Damon is back. Yeah. It's the Damon who's very much a hothead, very much not a good dude, very much shouldn't be hashtag stand on the internet. It's 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 goes back to the original thing when Viserys' son died. It's it's He mourns. He doesn't handle grief well at all. It's a good point. It's always around like some significant death or some significant trial yeah. when he starts popping off. And we'll see that later in the episode. Jason Luker called to Rhaenyra. They go there. They see she is having a fucking time. She tells them what's up. Viserys is dead. The Greens took my throne. And I think a lot of what you said early, a few episodes ago, holds true that Jace sort of is a, is a good guy. And you see it when she says, like, Jace, this is what I want. Go and force it. And Jace does it for her. I mean, when he mm-hmm. goes into the next scene, um, Damon is preparing all these, like, potential attack points. And Jace goes, no, the Queen has not ordered anything, and until the queen does, you're not doing shit, Damon. Yeah, Jace is a good boy. He is. I, I like Jace. I, I, all my homies love Jace. But uh, Jace, Jace didn't necessarily get the full attention from Damon in that scene. No. Damon was still like, all right, send the ravens. Like Damon got his way, and then he grabs mm-hmm. Jace and says, let me teach you a lesson about loyalty. And he takes the two king's guard that Rhaenyra does have, and he says, listen, here are your options. Swear total fealty to, to, to me right now, be honest about it. Say you bend the knee to Queen Rhaenyra. And of course, uh, the Bloodworm Caraxes is there. That. And he's like, or just be honest. Say you don't like her. I'll give you an honorable quick death. But if you turn cloak, your death will be pretty long and you'll be screaming. You'll be you'll be screaming. Yeah, I, I think a couple important parts that they mentioned at the table before Jace walked in. The sea snake's coming back from Evenfall. He's back. The sea snake's slithering back in there. So Vaman died for nothing because Corliss <laughs> is fucking fine. That dingus. Yeah, Vaman would have 
ended up getting himself killed at some point. Veyman is like that guy who starts like high high stepping into the end zone, and oh, then yeah, out of nowhere a safety ball. comes up and just pops the ball loose, or know? he just drops the he ball drops before it, it crosses early, the goal line, and his head falls off. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and they also talked about sending Ravens to River Run to get Tully's support. But then this is our first mention of Damon actually going to River Run himself. He said, right. the Ravens not going to work. I'll show up, establish a base that we can kind of surround King's Landing with from right. there. And he also mentions Heron Hall as well yeah. as a place that they could use as a, a choke point. This is what I loved about this episode, and I did love this episode. And I will go to bat for this episode against anyone who didn't like it because I really stand by it. For the simple fact that we really start to see the inner workings, the politics, the oaths, and they understand. They mentioned four houses that are like key: Baratheon, Aaron, River Run with Tully, and Stark. Because mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest: you get those four, you're fucking cooking. Yeah, you're I mean, cooking. four four of the seven major houses. Yeah, I, I. This goes back earlier in the season. There was the scene where they showed old men kind of bending the knee to Rhaenyra after she was named right queen or heir. And a lot of them are dead now. And a lot of them are dead now, which we'll see later on. But to kind of explain the significance, because I'm sure a lot of people don't really can't place River Run or or Heron Hall on a map. Fuck yeah, explain it. Those, those River Run is the seat of the uh, wardens of the Riverlands, which is Tully. So River Run essentially is the democratic, or I guess I don't know, uh, political center of the Riverlands. But uh, yeah, so it sits on the Trident, and further down the Trident in the Riverlands, it's Heron Hall, which we've seen on this show before. But it is probably the biggest—not probably—it is the biggest castle throughout the Seven Kingdoms, and that's where Damon plans on setting up his kind of forward operating base. Yeah, and I'll be a nerd for a second. Heron Hall, of course, we saw from Game of Thrones. Uh, Rob Stark held it for a little while. Tywin held it for a little while. River Run, of course, is where the Blackfish is, where yeah. him and Jamie treat. So we've seen these castles, which I think is really cool because this is 200 years before, so it'll look a little different, but they still hold that sort of worldly lore that we're used to from Westeros. Mm-hmm. And again, they're counting on these oaths, but we'll also see that sons sometimes do not care what their fathers thought. And for some of these houses, I think one of the funny mentions was one of the guys is like, a Stark really doesn't break their oaths. And I love that that's very consistent. Yeah. And I mean, we're not spoiling anything, but the Starks are just so, so true to their fucking words. It's, so it's you, just Ned personified. Yeah, Ned personified. I mean, Cregan, though, is like Ned times a billion Stark. Cregan <laughs> yeah. is a hardcore I Stark. Can't wait. I he can't is wait. a, he is like, it, like a. Like a real, like you know, like a really deeply religious Christian. That is him as a, a fundamentalist. Stark. He's a fundamentalist Stark. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Krigan fundamentalist Stark. Yeah, I love that. Um, so the the Rhaenyra then, of course, had that early birth. This is a rough scene for me. It really sucked. I I can't wait for there to be no more bad birth scenes in the show. Yeah. I mean, it really hurt this year. There's like five of them, and I get it. Uh, but she gave birth to. Um, stillborn baby essentially and it didn't make it screaming get out get out she basically yeah. pulls it out of herself yeah um it's all it, it looks very twisted and kind of messed up and damon's staring in the back it's uh it, it's a gruesome scene but one of the things that i liked about this episode and i'll i won't be shocked if this shows up in some of the reviews that we see online but it did a lot of circling back to previous episodes yes so like we just mentioned with the oaths that that Rhaenyra got obviously the birthing scenes between Emma and Lena and then now in, in this finale and then we also saw the scene where they're on the ramparts of Dragonstone which we'll get to very soon here 
we also saw a Targaryen funeral, right? Like all this yeah. stuff is kind of coming back into the finale and and it's going to be kind of the final send off of the the season that we're used to of this yeah. normality because now it's all just it's going to be blood and fire from here going out. And as I've been predicting and I'm pretty sure it's going to hold true, I think next season genuinely becomes more Game of Thrones style. There's going to be a lot of hopping around, might even maybe we might even hop across the narrow sea at some point. Yeah, absolutely. But we're going to see these houses and it's going to be that expansive world that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um and it's the thing that I liked is Rhaenyra wraps the baby herself, which I bet is not custom, but I bet it was something Rhaenyra felt obligated to do. I mean, I, listen, Team Greens, but you can't not love Rhaenyra. You can't. Yeah, they, you could even see the silent sister standing in the back like, oh, shit, like, what are we supposed to do? She's doing it herself. Yeah, you know? yeah. and it's very emotional, and uh, I, I was a bit, I'm not even going to lie, dead serious, was a bit emotional watching that whole birth and scene. It just made me uncomfortable. It made me feel terrible for her. And, of course, for the baby. Not so much for Damon. I feel like he handles everything terribly yeah. as a human. You know, maybe we'd be by our side for that. But he's too busy because, you know, they killed Viserys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Damon is sad. He goes out to the water. He takes a knee, sort of slams his sword in the, in the, in the sand there and just has a moment with himself. And then he then he just goes on to handle grief terribly as he does. Yes. Uh, and like you said, they do the funeral for the baby. And Sir Eric shows up in a really awesome scene. He shows up with King Viserys' crown, mm-hmm. and he says essentially, "Like I swear fealty to the rightful queen of, of Westeros." You know. And at this point in time, he's the first one to name her queen. Yeah, no one said anything about it. It's been very touch and go. I mean, a lot, of course, because the baby issue, you know, sidetracked everything. Obviously, the loss mm-hmm. of the child. Uh, but not he says it, swears fealty to her. He has Viserys' crown. Uh, Damon grabs it from him, looks at it. He has a moment because it's sort of reality for him that his brother is dead, and then he places the crown on. on and he's always wanted that crown too. Himself. Yeah, and it's not going to him; it's going to his wife. And it sucks what he does later on, but I thought like that was a really cool moment between Damon and Rhaenyra. Yeah, he crowned Viserys with it an episode ago. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point too. I this is one of Rhaenyra's defining moments up to this point I think she's she experiences this tragedy of her kid uh, being stillborn and then at the same time she learns that her father's dead and at the same time she learns that her brother is stealing her crown yeah. and and in this moment she still kind of gives off this this aura of strength to to carry her side to victory and I think that Again, defining moment for her, and, yeah. and we'll see how that turns out. And Aegon, Aegon's actions are unredeemable, but he did even say, like, he, I don't think he wants Rhaenyra dead. He mm-hmm. even said, he even was like, I don't want to take her fucking throne. I don't right. care. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. He, I think he kind of knew, like, I'm a kind of a loser. I kind of, I'm not really fit. Yeah, he, he said to Aemon, I'm unfit. I don't want it. Yeah. You know. And he said Viserys had 20 years to name him heir. And, and he, he didn't. didn't. Yeah, he's like, you mean it? He laughed when. Allison mentioned it. Uh, everyone kneels when Rhaenyra, except Rhaenys, doesn't kneel. I yeah. think that was a point to show that, which was interesting because she's waiting for her lord husband because she's like, I don't know, I don't know where we are yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, Damon says, "My queen," and kneels first, and I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, they uh, they light the Westeros table again, and, and sort of business begins. They start getting down to it. Who do we got? What else do we got? You know, what's the deal? And we sort of broke this down, and it really comes down to those major houses. But yeah. they do got some boys right now. Not many, but they got some. Not many boys. A couple smaller houses, mainly within the Crownlands. You have Massey's, Darklands, 
uh, Keltigar. Keltigar is actually another Valerian house. Yeah. So at this point in time, you have Valerians, Keltigars, and Targaryens as Valerian blood. And Damon himself, too, is like, listen, we need to patrol sort of Dragonstone a little bit, have a dragon flying overhead just in case the Greens plan any bullshit so that they know. And he's like, we can make our host look bigger if we sort of, you know, angles. Honestly, that's a, a message to all the fellas out there. The angles make it look bigger. Uh, when you're, you know, if you're ever trying to send whatever, but that's, you know, he also sends word to his loyalist in the city watch too, mm-hmm. which, which could be key, uh, in the early episodes of the next season. Chris read the box. It's key. <laughs> <laughs> and Come then, on, don't and, play coy with me. <laughs> and then they also lit up the table, which was a very cool moment because I, I, I get the impression that that table has not been lit up since the conquest. Stannis had no clue that's how it worked. Stannis was yeah. at Dragonstone at the beginning of Game of Thrones. He didn't know you could do that. Had he, he would have been so excited. Oh, yeah. Because he would have had the Red Queen fucking shooting flames out of her ass <laughs> and been like, check that out. You know, The Melissa, Red Queen, yeah. I meant the Red Woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but you know what I mean. So, yeah, but the, I, I thought that was very significant because this is... You know, after the conquest, you had some quarrels and stuff, and, and yeah. Magor fought against the Faith and all that. Magor this, fought against everybody. <laughs> but but this is the first time that you have an actual war council, I think, on Dragonstone since the conquest, which was which was dope. Yeah, no, for sure, I agree. I mean, like we said, Condal really gets it. I think in terms of listen, if you have beef with the time jumps and stuff, I get that. But you can't if you're a fan of the war, world of Westeros. He's nailing everything. He really is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, yeah, this is when she first sort of walks in with the crown. The first sort of meeting, the sort of meeting of the minds. It's sort of awkward at first. Everyone's kind of like, "This is awesome." And it Damon, off. Damon introduces her for the first time the as queen, you know, of the, queen of the Rhoynar and the first man. And yeah, I mean, it, I, I, it got my Jerry's going. Yeah, in, I believe in that moment. Raina and Bela are by her side. Raina gives her some wine, which is cool because they're her, I guess, step stepdaughters in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, and she was already sort of grooming Raina for for being at the table, right? She says, you know, come along after she offers the wine. You be careful with grooming children, there, Chris. That's not good. Gro- uh, <laughs> grooming her to potentially lead someday. Yeah, yes, exactly. I get what you're saying. Uh, they also find out that at this point, Lord Corliss is alive and well, and he's sailing for Dragonstone. On the way to Dragonstone. And then later on in the scene, Lord Keltigar, Bartimus Keltigar, brings up, you know, fuck all... Well, you guys are talking about all these men. Fuck that. We got dragons. Yes. We got dragons, bro. Dude, Bartimus... First off, the name. Bartimus Keltigar. Woo! Love that name. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, they're discussing, like, well, this, like, I mean, they said, they're like, listen, Lannisters are greens all day. They're like, Baratheons are a toss-up. Tullys are a toss-up. Someone's like, well, the Starks, we don't know. They're a toss-up. But then one dude's like, Starks don't fucking break their oaths. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the one dude is like, listen, we got we have 13 dragons to their four, I believe, was the count. Yeah, Damon chimes in and just starts listing off all the dragons. It was uh, it was a little wild. And then there's there's three wild ones that are on the dragon mot that Cannibal. haven't been tamed. Yeah, Cannibal, the Sheep Stealer, and... Another one. Well, you guys, of course, as loyal Great fans, remember our dragon ranking that we yeah. did on yeah, the Deep Thrones Instagram. That. So you guys, of course, can defer to that. I'm sure you all took notes and screenshotted those. Uh, Vermithor is probably the most badass one, but that's not a wild dragon. That's, that was rode by uh, Jaehaerys, who was Viserys's predecessor. And that's who Damon was just like singing sweetly to at the end of the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, Vagar is a badass as well. The biggest, the oldest, but with... with Size and age comes a lack of speed and grace. Yeah. Um, and then they get word. Uh, Sir Eric finds out that a green dragon boat 
flying a green dragon sigil, which of course is just high towers being dumbasses. Uh, but I'm, you know, but also team greens, greens up. Uh, so I, I think I think Otto has taken that as like his personal arms because because if Aegon's the gold dragon, I think I think Otto's the hand of the king, green dragon. You know, he like, sewed it himself. He was up late <laughs> with one of those machines, just like, oh yes, oh yes, your grace. And um, Otto shows up again. Otto, you can't. The guy's got balls. Yeah, he fucking shows up. He's leading the garrison. He's leading the vanguard. All right. He shows up and he's like, listen, we got terms. If Rhaenyra swears fealty, you guys can keep your houses here. You can keep this, this, that. Your children will be able to bear cups at at high court. No need for bloodshed. He says, like, we've already sent envoys ourselves to Baratheon and Stark and Tully and all them. And I think, I, I feel like it was a lie other than the Baratheon part. I feel like he's like, Stark Garrison's already in King's Landing. I was like, Starks couldn't get, I don't think they're there right now. I Maybe mean, they are. He, he might Craig be, he himself might be bluff, He might be. He might be bluffing. But the point of it is, they don't know that that exactly. And they, and they you don't know, know how long Viserys has been dead either, which is pretty right. key here. He, they definitely sent ravens to all the houses. Yeah, for but sure. But I feel like Craigan is sitting in the north right now. Yeah. And the truth is, is that if you get House Stark, the North tends to never splinter when it becomes when it's. If there's an issue in the North, it's in the North. But it feels like whenever something happens in the South, the North is always like, oh, okay, we'll be a team on this one. Does that seem true for you in Westeros history? Yeah, and until uh, Roose Bolton kind of fucked all it up. And the Boltons, too, in history would challenge the Starks a few times, wouldn't they? In the, in the North, right? Like, right. the North quarrels together. The North quarrels, but then when it becomes an issue in the South, the North yeah. tends to unite and be like, fuck these seven right. god losers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, uh, just sorry about that. Just had a, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. And then, so, I, what I liked about this scene was it mirrored... What was it, episode two? Or two, episode, yeah, yeah, I think it was two. Episode two, where Otto goes to Dragonstone, Damon takes it over with the City Watch, basically holding yeah. it siege, and Otto and Damon meet on that same rampart that they were on. Yep. And guess who flies in? Cyrax Rhaenyra, and Rhaenyra. On Cyrax. And she lands on Otto's side, mm-hmm. walks past his men. Otto's like, oh shit, she's right next to us, goes up to Damon, turns around, is like, listen, I'm the rightful queen. Um, and all that, and I'm, you know, he sort of plays to her emotions with a, a book out, a page out of that book that Allison and Renera used to read together. Mm-hmm. But Damon and his men draw, Otto's men draw, but you're not winning that because Cyrax is behind you, ready to breathe fire. Yeah. And Allison says, like, no, no, Damon, there's no need for for a fight today. And Damon's pissed; he wants to kill these guys. Yeah, Damon, Damon's ready to just end it real quick, and it's kind of like rip the bandaid off sort of deal. Right. Everyone. It, I think Killing I, Otto and those men, though, doesn't solve anything. No, yeah, that's that's actually a great point. But, you know, you take away one of the one of the biggest plotters on that side. True, because if Allison finds out Otto is dead, what does she do? Right. Because he was the main force behind war. She wanted peace. Well, but then does she view that as the first blow? You know, I guess that could go either way. Um, and, yeah, so he essentially, again, uses Allison as a toy, as a, you know. And then Rhaenyra rips off the handpin from Otto, basically was saying, great. you don't deserve this. And yeah. Otto's just like, all right, dude, whatever. I was, he's like, we got, like, ten in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Arik and Eric Cargill are staring each other down, ready to fight already. Twin brothers. And it's like, guys, you guys were just hanging out last episode. You like guys we, just, listen, you lose one race to Kristen Cole, and you're yeah. acting like it's game over. <laughs> like, you guys were raised together, you know, but as we see in... In, in the history of Westeros, brothers sometimes don't get along. You yeah. know, the, the Hound in, in the Mountain had some issues. Yeah. And I think Eric was so uh, taken aback at the child fight ring that Aegon was running that he was like, I can't get behind this guy no matter what. Um, and then, again, another meeting where Damon is like, listen, 
the numbers are in our favor. It doesn't matter what house is where. We have thirteen fucking dragons. Can can I can can I get an amen? <laughs> and and guess who decides to show up in this meeting? Rhaenyra sounds exactly like Danny saying, I, "I don't wish to rule over a kingdom of ash and bones." Mm, Pretty sure that's a direct quote. Direct quote from Danny. <laughs> but guess what? Sounds great. Doesn't work. She ruled over a kingdom of ash and bones, and then Tyrion was just, "Oh, yeah. oh my god!" Don't even get me started on that. And and this is a lot of um, kind of back and forth over the table, but Damon gets real fired up here. He's, so Rhaenyra kicks everyone out because Damon's questioning her. First of all, she's been queen for a day, and you're already. It's like when Sansa fucking questioned Jon Snow immediately. It's like let the kingship breathe for a while before you question someone who is a high ranking person. And um, he just doesn't like diplomacy. He wants war. Rhaenyra tells him about the Song of Ice and Fire, and then he grabs her one hand choke Darth Vader style, except his hand is on her throat, and she's like actually gagging. Like yeah. he is choking the poor person. Yeah, she, he basically, she's talking about these dreams that Viserys had, and he says, dreams don't make us kings, dragons do. But then he also seems to be a little upset that he never knew about hurt. the Song of A little butthurt, a little that he butthurt. didn't know about the Song of Ice and Fire. And she says, like, oh, he never told you. And I think it was a realization for both of them that Viserys never saw Damon fit to rule and yeah. trusted Rhaenyra. And it was that sort of moment of, like, till the very end, Rhaenyra was Viserys's heir. He didn't like Aegon. He didn't like Damon. He wanted Rhaenyra to be his heir. Say it for the people in the back. He wanted... We're, it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He want, he want. Rhaenyra is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. Rightful, And anyone else yes. are pretenders. Sure. And then she gets choked out by her husband, uh, <laughs> which is hard to watch. I was sort of like, and again, this is my point, is like, Damon's not a good guy. Yeah, there's, you You have to expect someone who is a, is a murderer and like murdered his ex-wife is, is probably, probably going to have a, t- t- probably going to have a, tad bit of domestic violence going on if you're team blacks which i am fine with if that's what you support you can't deny the fact that he is a rough guy like and i don't mean i mean he's a bad guy i'm gonna yeah, say it. he's, he's a bad, bad guy he's a bad killed person. his wife he just choked the rightful queen Rhaenyra should have said like i'll next time you do that guess what i got the hand yeah she should have fucking if he wants violence so bad she should have given it to him because fuck him for that yeah as a staff record label and a motherfucker <laughs> um yeah um, Corliss wakes up, Rainey's is by his side, and she's kind of mad at him. They do that whole, like, you abandoned me thing that you see a lot when the, the husband goes off to war in these shows. But it quickly goes away because they realize that they kind of have to take a side. <laughs> yeah, quickly they have to take well, a side. Well, he says we don't. Corliss, He's like, we yeah. can retire. And Rainey's is like, you know, that's not how this fucking works. Yeah, well, she she brings up the fact that Lena and Lenor's kids are on uh, very much on Rhaenyra's side. So it's like they're directly in the crossfire. Right. They're not going to be safe, so we have to have their back. He says, he's like, she killed Lainor, is complicit in it, and I think that, like, I don't know. I think maybe that they're also sort of warming to the idea that maybe she didn't have anything to do with it. And then Corliss walks into the next small council meeting that's going on. He's got a cane. He, he's got a cane. He's got the sort of wrapping around his neck, cause that was where he took his injury. And he sort of, like, kind of mocks their war plan a little bit. I don't think he's mocking it. I think he's giving them hard truths about really what you need for war. Yeah. Yeah. They, he walks in. He goes, so these are these are your allies? And she's like, at this moment. And he's like, yeah, this is too few to win a war for the Iron Throne. Yeah. And she's like, well, we have oaths. And he's like, oaths don't win a war. They don't mean, frankly, they don't mean shit, you yeah. know? 
And but he ends the scene by saying, but guess what? You got us, baby. You got House Valerian. Not only you got House Valerian, but I also hold the Stepstones, and I could choke King's Landing out from the seas. Yeah, so he, he reveals that they finally have full control of the Stepstones. The Triarchy is curbed for now, defeated for now. He says the, hot, the Hightower treason cannot stand. You have the full support of our fleet and our house, which, amen, you know, Hightower treason is, is, is just despicable. And um, they dis- discuss this plan to cut Stop. off. Just give them the facts. They we don't need your spin zone on this over here, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> they announce the plans to cut off all trade to King's Landing, control the gullet, which is the entrance basically into Blackwater Bay. Mm. Um, and Rainey's is going to lead that effort on Maylees from the air. And then they have the fleet, of course, in the sea. So now at this moment in time, full support, they have Valerian. Massey, Celtigar, Darklin, and like half the Targaryens. Valerian sways it a little bit. Right? I think Valerian is the big, yeah. That's for the big sure. one. Yeah. Still, is it enough to siege King's Landing? Men wise, no. No. But they do have 13 dragons. They do have 13, 13 dragons. dragons. And I know she doesn't want to kill a bunch of innocent people, but guess what? If war's going to break out, they're all going to die anyway. Rainey's did that last week. It didn't bat an eye. <laughs> and they, they still, still on the board, still on the draft boards, Winterfell, Erie, Storm's End. And, yeah. River Run, Winterfell, River Run as well. Erie, Storm's End. There's yeah. a lot of big picks out there. There's a lot of talent to be had in the second, <laughs> third rounds if you're, if you're savvy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I do love that Corliss sort of said his piece, and then he's and then he's like, "But you need to treat with them quickly." And she's like, "I agree. We'll send some ravens." And Jace goes, "Don't send ravens." He said, "You got to treat with them quickly. Send us." And she agrees to it. She's like, "You're right. It's a sort of message of power to go on dragon. Exactly. It's more respectful to send the princes." Um, so you have that sort of overarching like, "Well, they're on a fucking dragon." That really helps me remind me of my oath. But she said, "You know, no violence." But also the fact that there are prince showing up, these lords might be like, "Oh, this is this is cool," you know. Yeah, and they even mention, you know, people call us strongs, but once they see us on the back of dragons, they'll know that we're Targaryens. Right. Which, which I think is a great message as well. So right. they, they say that Jace is flying north to the Eyrie and then to Winterfell. He's gonna take a quick pit stop, pit stop at the Eyrie. He's gonna talk to Jane Aaron, who she'll be played by. We don't know. Then he's gonna go to Winterfell, where he will treat with Lord Craigan Stark. Craigan, Craigan, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Craigan, Craigan, Craig, uh, <laughs> Craig, and he'll hang out with Craigie Stark and treat with him. We'll see how those two go. Um, and then Luke will go to Storm's End to treat with the Baratheons, which we'll is see supposed how to goes. be the shortest, safest flight. Which is why well, she's it is. It's me the shortest one. flight. <laughs> it is the shortest flight. That's true. Um, that's but like I said, and we saw what if we, by the end of this episode we see what happens there. So I guess for ne- we'll have to wait to twenty twenty four to see how Jace's trips go. Yeah, we don't know. You know, yeah. maybe he gets fucked up, but we'll see. And they they make Minera makes the kids swear that they won't partake in any fighting on this trip before the seven. Like they swear on the holy text, you yeah. know. And they're like, yeah, for sure, no fighting. They're like Shakira, no fighting. Uh, that's from Hips Don't Lie, her her hot song. Shakira, Shakira. Uh, Damon goes into the Dragon Mount and he sings to Vermithor. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, he's he's just Damon has an obsession with drag, all things dragon, dragons, dragon eggs. He just loves slithering in little dragon pits and just hanging out and having fun. You know, if that was like the only thing about him, he'd be like, you know, he's a good guy. It's fun for him, you know. It's all the baggage that he has. Yeah. But he's singing this beautiful sort of song, and Vermithor like breathes this fire. We all do that with our pets. You kind of sing it's a song, you know, and you like give it a little nickname. I would love to see more like, like pet talk with the dragons. 
I go, yeah, yeah. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> like, yeah, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be cute. I think they're yeah, supposed ba, 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 ba. to be pretty vicious. I guess. I guess. I, don't, I think they're cool. Um, Luke arrives at Storm's End. It's all mm. sort of exciting. Luke's mm. like, here we go. And then all of a sudden, Vagar just lifts his head up. He's like, what the fuck was that? Oh, hey, what's up, Arax? How you doing? Well, you, you got to realize something's wrong when you when you fly in on your dragon and no one's surprised at all. Yeah. Like, everyone's just like, oh, that, that's, that's an, unimpressive. Yeah. Well, because he, he shows up in his, you know, Prius, and Eamon showed up before in his fucking Hummer stretch limo <laughs> that is Vagar. And, you know, uh, it's it, Luke, you could tell, is sort of like, oh, shit. He goes in. He's like, I'm here to treat with Lord Boris Baratheon. They take him to Boris. Eamon's in there chomping it up with Boris's daughter. He's actually even said to Boris, I'll marry your daughter mm-hmm. in exchange for your loyalty. Boris is like, all right, boy, it seems that house, the House of the Dragon doesn't know who their leader is. I have a king and a queen. Long story short, he gets read the scroll or the the, the raven, and he's like, listen, you, you're not even offering me marriage because Luke says, like, I'm already, you know, sworn. He's like, tell your wife, tell your mom I'm not here to, you know. Do your bidding. Do your bidding. And he's like, well, I'll tell the queen that, not my mom, you know, like, yeah. show respect. Yeah, it's having the hindsight that we do, I think, when, when Luke shows up. And sees Vagar, it's kind of like, right a, dude, around. I'm out. Yeah, he should have been like, oh, I left the scroll at home. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna head out. I, you know, I left the stove on. I gotta go. I gotta go back. I forgot to blow out a candle. And it's you know, it's dangerous. Yeah, and Boris Baratheon's very much not what his father was. No, his father we remember <clears throat> from the earlier episodes in the season when Rhaenyra was courting all, being courted by all those. You know, lords that were yeah. basically trying to get her, her hand in marriage, and he seemed like a pretty solid dude. And then his son Boros seems like, like more of like a, just like I don't give a fuck about anything he that had my Walder father Frey said. Energy. At all. Yeah, he did have big Walder energy. Very rude to people who are above him. He's he just wants what's best for for his own gain. Exactly, and doesn't care about any else. Luke right. had none of that to offer. And so Luke's heading out, and Eamon's like, no, 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 not so fast. He's like, hold the phone, jabroni. <laughs> we have some business to attend to. He's like, you're not just a traitor for thinking you could fly around the country to steal my brother's throne. You're a craven if you don't do an old eye for an eye. I want your eye. He slides him his dagger. He's like, take your eye out. You know, fair is fair. I think he's just fucking with the kid. He knows the kid's not going to take his eye out. It's long, long-running beef. And Boros at one... And it, well, I guess technically not, because he kind of charges Luke. And then... Boros's men all draw their swords like, listen, this is not happening here. Get out of here, both of you. Like, you hang tight, Eamon. He's like, escort Lucerus back to his dragon and get get out of here. Yeah, he. cool part is he rips off his eye, his eye patch and you see the sapphire the eye sapphire there for the first with. time. Yeah. In Fire and Blood, they do mention that one of the Baratheon daughters kind of goads Eamon on. He, Eamon was actually going to let Luke just get out of there after Boros kind of broke it up. And the daughter says, you know, what kind of man are you if you don't kind of put this blood feud to rest? Yeah, sort of I like deal. the way the show did it. Yeah. Having, you know, you don't need, like, to be instigated. The, the beef is there. He took his eye, and Eamon, they've already set him up aside of a, sort of a proud person who mm-hmm. has that beef. I mean, the kid giggled at his cooked pig, and he punched the table and gave a stupid oath or a stupid, uh, you know, toast. toast. Yeah. And so Luke takes off on Arax. Uh, and then, of course, Eamon shows up on Vagar, and essentially he's just fucking with the kids, saying, like, you owe me an eye, you know, boy, and all that stuff, but it gets serious real fast. Yeah, so it's it's pouring down rain, absolutely storming, and I think that may even play into the fact that 
Arax wasn't able to outrun Vagar a little bit. Right. Um, and, and like you could tell before Luke even got on Arax, he was like very flustered by the rain. He didn't. He even said to Arax, "Remember, he's like, it's all right. We're gonna have an easy flight, yeah. you know." And long story short, this is an example of, you know, you you play stupid games, win stupid prizes, kind of thing. The kids are not. I, I wouldn't blame Luke so much. Amon is bullying him essentially, playing around. But the dragons are, as Viserys said, like you said, there's a lot of beats back to old episodes, and this is one of them where Viserys said to Rhaenyra, like, we should never should have trifled with dragons. They, the, the small folk think we control the dragons. They're wrong. The dragons control us. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in this scene because Arax goes into business for himself because he's scared, breathes fire at Vagar, which was a massive fucking mistake, and it cuts to both Aemond and Lucerys saying, like, no, listen to me, obey me. Yeah. And Vagar's pissed that it got fire breathed on it, and eventually it, it bites fucking Arax's head off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it got Luke in his mouth or not, but regardless, Luke either mm-hmm. fell to his death or took a tooth, and he's, he's, he's dead. Yeah, it's... it's- it adds to this tragedy, and there's multiple points in this in this story where we see that war could have been avoided. Right. I think those are over with now. This is the it's it's on. There's yeah, no and going back. Eamon realized that. You see it in Eamon's face before Vagar bit it. You hear Eamon screaming, "No, no, 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 no!" Eamon yeah. was fucking with Luke. He didn't want that. Yeah. But you're playing with you know. It's like when you see people like drag racing and a serious accident happens. It's like you're playing stupid games. You're winning yeah. stupid prizes. The dragon was pissed, and you killed the kid, whether you like it or not. The blacks will only see this as an act of war. Yeah, and, and the, he realizes that absolutely. And Vagar is Vagar's been to war before. Yeah, yeah. It was part of the conquest. It's not gonna if it gets breathed on. It's gonna think that it's an actual threat and it has to fight. Hundred percent. Yeah. So he put himself in that situation, yeah. and whether it's sort of Allison hearing what she wants to hear from Viserys, this was a situation where Aemon put himself in a spot where he had all the power. And Lucerus died, and accident or no, it's your fault. Yeah. And now this is no longer. Uh, this was Franz Ferdinand. The powder keg has gone off. Yeah. War is inevitable now. Yeah. And the R.I.P. Luke. R.I.P. Luke. We didn't know you that long, but what we did know, we loved. And Damon walks in on a small council meeting, pulls Rhaenyra aside, whispers in her hair, in her ear. She looks into the flames of the fire. We don't see her. She's just very sad. You can see her sort of trembling a little bit, sort of almost goes down to one knee, but doesn't hold strong and then turns around and her face is flushed with tears, but she looks angry, looks pissed. Yeah, very And you know how I feel look. about angry Targaryen women. <laughs> really, really gets your Jerry's I had going. to excuse myself from the room because I was torqued. I, I'll, I'm interested to see how they play this in season two because in Fire and Blood... They basically have Rhaenyra cave in and, and kind of become recluse at this time. And Damon kind of takes the head. Damon and Jace kind of take the direction on the war. I would love to see her go hard in the paint. I think It looks like they're going to have her go hard in the paint, which yeah. I love. I'm, I'm here for I, that. I'm angle. here for Rhaenyra holding the reins. Yeah. I think Damon, I don't want him holding any reins. He's proven himself too um, just erratic. You can't have that guy leading the charge. You can have him leading the charge into the battle physically, but you need other minds around him to just temper it a bit, just for a differing opinion, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, mayhaps, but also, I mean, is, is he wrong in the fact that, like, let's rip the Band-Aid off and end this quick? Um, I think now he's not. I think at the time, I understand Rhaenyra's hesitancy, Right. but I think now he's 100%. But I yeah. also think that Rhaenyra's hesitancy was wishful thinking. Yeah, same, same in the way that I thought that when we talked about what Aegon and the Green Council should have done before, I, I think, you know... it. Most of the most of the 
I mean, Otto understood it. Damon understands it. You know, uh, Valerian was even kind of like, oh, you're not going to act in this moment? Yeah. You know, I, I think some of the more tested individuals in this in this realm at the moment understand that it's inevitable. It's going to end in bloodshed. But would it... Um... Is it is it are the end games both the same though? Does it end in the amount of like if you go the Damon route, is it still the same type of war, or is it end quicker? It's much quicker. How you, do you know that though? Well, because you're everything's at stake. If you siege King's Landing, all players are right there in King's True. Landing. Vice versa, if you siege Dragonstone, all the players are right there. So it's you know either either it happens really quickly and and it's all over with. Or one one team kind of concedes and honestly, and it's over all, with. if Rainey's had just done it last week, this would be yeah. so much easier. But I under I understand that's not her place to yeah, do that. She didn't even sure. have a side at that point in time, and to act without Corliss, like he's the Lord of the House, right? Right. So, and I think too that the show sets up well as like the Rhaenyra Allison friendship. I think is the one thread that had held these two episodes together of why there was that hesitancy. Yeah. But with Luke dead, it's all off the table. Yeah. And I think Rhaenyra's like, all right, let's do that. Which is why I'm interested to see how next season plays. Because if that is the start, all those pieces are still right there. So why doesn't it end it then? You know what I mean? Luke's death does nothing in terms of the timeline. It's the same exact point. Yeah, well, I think now both sides are fully prepared. So a, a, front, a head-on assault is going to be... I mean, you still got 12 to 4. But do you have 12, though? I mean, that's what she was saying to Damon. They have them on Dragonstone. That's but, exactly what she. That's but, what Rhaenyra's point yeah, was. Yeah, they as don't well. have. They don't have. Vermithor doesn't have a rider. Silverwing doesn't Does have. Does Damon want to ride Vermithor? I I think he's kind of setting it up to, <laughs> to have to like have someone ride it. Gotcha. Whether that's like Joffrey, the little guy, or like. Um, maybe one of him and him and Rhaenyra's kids or something. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Maybe one of the, that one girl too, right? One of the uh, one of his daughters doesn't have one. Still, yeah, right? Bela does. Or, no, Reyna doesn't at this point. Bela has Moon Dancer. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that's it. It's you see these decisions that are made that could prevent great war, and like, would there be deaths? Yes, but it's like Tywin Lannister said. Is it bad? Why is it bad to kill twelve men at dinner, but not a thousand in a battle? You know yeah. what I mean? And that's sort of where we're at. Uh, let's get in. I mean, are you you ready to rock with these segments? Yeah. With the first, well, we'll rating. Yes, rating first. And then we'll do the second one. <laughs> I gave it an 8.8. 8. I loved okay. it. Okay. Nice. Nice. Love that. Any Anything else to add or you just rolling? I, I thought it was the best episode of the season because there was a lot of politics, a lot of interweaving. I'm really in, all in on Emma Darcy. I think their performance was amazing. Uh, Matt Smith, of course. And I just felt like this episode overall was amazing. I gave it an 8.5. And I, I've been a little bit stingier on my ratings this year. This is the highest one that I've given. I also agree. I, I like this one the most out of the 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned, that that table talk of, you know, talking about all these moving pieces and these houses and things, that I love that kind of stuff, obviously. I also I also really like the fact that this one stuck to the source material more than some of the previous episodes did. Yeah, And that I really enjoyed... I also love the angle that Eamon's killing Luke was more like accidental than yeah. than just malicious. It was intent. it's like one of those things it's manslaughter. It's not murder. It's not first degree. It's like, yeah, I was fucking with him, but I wasn't trying yeah. to kill him. You know what I mean? It wasn't premeditated. Yeah. It was like you're doing something where like, yeah, he could die from this if something goes wrong, but it's not going to, and then it does, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, I 
I, I just, I, I love the way that they're setting up that all this tragedy had so many different spots where it could have been avoided. Yes. And it just, it, it continues That's to... That's life. To, yeah, to spiral, so... Yeah, um, best line, Yas Queen. My best line was from Damon to Rhaenyra when he was kind of choking her out, and he said, dreams didn't make us, dragons did. Yeah. Which is is true up to this point, but I also love the fact that dragons are going to be the ultimate downfall of House Targaryen as well. Right, and technically a dream kept them alive, the, the vision of the girl who, the doom of Illyria. Yeah. Your Yas Queen? My Yas Queen was Rhaenyra to Otto when they were up on the ramparts, and she said, I'm Queen Rhaenyra now, and you are all traitors to the realm. Same exact Yas Queen. Hell yeah. Same exact. And my best line was Rhaenys, that war is not mine to begin. Yeah. I loved that. But same exact Yas Queen, I think... I do like that the grayness will start to come in a little bit. Like, you can see the humanity in both sides, and you can see the evil in both sides, mm-hmm. I think. And I like that. Uh, I think Rhaenyra right now, it's tough to see any really evil in her. I don't think there's evil in Rhaenyra. I, I don't even really think there's evil in Alicent. I think there's bad decision-making in Alicent, and I think that she's been sort of incubated by Otto so much that she's accepted his truth. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that. I, th- I think I think we may see some evil coming out of Rhaenyra as a result of her her kid being killed by Alicent. It's kid. war now, you know, yeah. and I think both sides will have their say. Yeah. Uh, my hottest moment, quite simply, Damon crowns Rhaenyra, kneels to her and says, you know, my great, my queen, you're my queen. Yeah, I had a very similar hottest moment, except mine was when Rhaenyra first walks into the map room. Yeah. And Damon introduces her as Queen Rhaenyra for the first time. The first of her name, Queen of the Roanar, the Andals, the first men, Lady Protector of the Realm. First yeah. time I heard that one. Very, very cool. I'm going to be honest. I'm Team Greens, but Rhaenyra, gets, she gets my blood boiling a little bit. Rhaenyra is the shit. Rhaenyra is the shit. Uh, she's got hitters here, there, and over there. Um, Mount Rush. We got a Mount Rushy. We do have a Mount Rushmore. So, keeping in the spirit of Halloween, since it's literally this weekend, we are doing a Mount Rushmore of best Halloween movies. Best Halloween movies. Best Halloween movies. So you can go first this time since I started with Twix last time. Well, first off, the greatest Halloween movie of all time, Halloween. Yeah, I I didn't even put that one on my Mount Rushmore because I just. the slashers don't really get... The, I don't, yeah, I'm just not... Yeah, the OG Halloween. Let's say that. The 1977 Halloween, because it's less... It is a slasher, I think, but it was before slashers really existed, so it was like so the first. Scary. And it's more about the... And at that point, it had nothing to do with him being related. They came up with this whole backstory many movies later. At that point, so it was the randomness of it. And the mask. It's like, why that mask? So weird, you yeah. know? And it's so low budget that it, it was horrifying. Anything from the 70s is sort of scary, just because of the atmosphere and the weird film type they had. Mm-hmm. But it, it's all time. I'm going to I'm gonna go with... I went more scary on mine. I'm going with Insidious. Insidious is great. My number one. I very, love Insidious. Very scary. Tiptoe through the It suffered from a lot of the horror movie, like, you can't really end it and wrap it up well. Tropes, yeah. But, like, in the first 75% of that movie, I was scared as fuck. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. I think that there's a lot of classics to that ilk. Um, I, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't associate this movie with Halloween, but The Exorcist. Yeah. If you want to fuck your life yeah. up, watch The Exorcist. That shit's, that shit's bad. That shit, that shit was a, a ranking of scariest movies of all time. The Exorcist is always top five. I'm going to go with The Strangers. Very scary movie. You just People just trying to get in your home. You can't leave. I think, again, the randomness of it. Yeah. That's scarier than like, oh, I got a hit on this. This is personal. It's the randomness of The Strangers that's spooky, spooky. Yeah. It's like, why, you know? Uh, I think I'll say this movie because I saw it in theaters. 
and when I saw it in theaters, it genuinely scared the fuck out of me. The Conjuring. Yeah, The Conjuring. It's it's kind of the same. Like any of those possessive type movies. Are, yeah, are, are really. It's like The Exorcist. It's the visual too of like, oh, they're all green and gooey. I'm going to go with Scary Movie 2 for my third pick. Great one. That's that's the best out of all the scary movies. Yeah, got to have some laughs in there. My strong hand. Here's <laughs> a strong hand. I'm pretty sure it, it might be Scary Movie 1, but when the guy gets rolled up Into as a blood, joint. he's yeah. like, he's smoking me. <laughs> uh, my fourth will be uh, the original, not the remake, the original from the 1980s, maybe early 90s, Pet Cemetery. Okay. Not down that route. Not down that route. route. That's honestly, someone Baratheon should have said that to Luke. Not not down that route. You're gonna want to go down that route. Uh, But it is a genuinely scary movie. It's very weird. It kind of just. I watched it as a kid a bunch, and it's stuck with me to 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 this age. That's right. I I haven't seen the original Pet Cemetery. I'd recommend it. It's really weird. So I actually I built out an extensive list for this one, and you haven't taken any of mine. So I'm. I guess with my fourth pick, I'm going to go with Amityville Horror, the original one. I, I, I that was one I watched it way too young, and I like it still haunts me to this day. Uh, but I think it's a great draft. I don't disagree with any of your picks. Disagree. I don't, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't. I also I had uh, honorary honorable mentions: Nightmare Before Christmas, classic, the Saw series, yeah. Um, Ex- Exorcism of Emily Rose. I'll throw in Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street. Those are cl- Leprechaun, Chucky. If you're feeling, if you're child, which is Candy technically Man. called Child's Play, Candyman's a classic filmed here in Chicago. If you want to go real gooey, watch the Hellraiser series. Those are all fucked up. You know, Candyman was actually based on in in one of the projects. I think the one that they filmed in, but they made these narrow kind of uh, alleyways between the two apartments and the project housing. Mm-hmm. And it was so that garbage could be easily disposed or like maintenance could get in. But what they didn't realize is that you could easily break in through the bathroom mirrors in there. So one, one lady had someone break in the bathroom mirror killer. Wow. Um, I have, steal all her stuff. I've watched that movie since I was a kid. I never knew that. That's fascinating. It's messed That's, up. Yeah. It's completely messed up, but it's a very eerie and they made a remake this year. Uh, maybe last year of Candyman, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, it's hard to disagree. I'm sure we'll get people, because we always do, with the Mount Rushmore. is going to give us some heat. So There's I, one of you specifically. You know who you are. Yeah, and you're going to say Hocus Pocus. How did he yeah. not make the list? You're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get flamed for that yeah, one. That's yeah. okay. Should yeah. I edit that? No, it's decent. That's decent. Uh, strategy with Lord Mims. Lord Mims, I asked you this last time on behalf of the Greens. I ask you it now on behalf of the Blacks. Strategy right now. Do you agree? Disagree? What do you do different? You know, sounds like you go the Damon route. Yeah, I, I, knowing what I know about what's going to happen, I think that's I think that's an important caveat because if I think that piece is still on the table, then I go the Rhaenyra route. Let's maybe just like try to Otto cool literally off a little just bit. tickled your balls with a pretty generous offer. Yeah, and I, you know what, man, that's not a bad offer either. Right. That's not a bad offer. You 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 get to keep Dragonstone. Jason inherits it upon your death. Luke inherits Driftmark still. Uh, everyone gets pardons. Are... Places of honor at court. You know, it, it It was a very generous offer. Especially... Do you believe it true from Otto? Well, yeah, because it came from Allison. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think because Allison took control of Aegon, then I, I do believe it. I think Otto knew it was a, a lost cause. Yeah. Well, because Damon's there. Yeah. So... You know what? I'm gonna throw a wrench in there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go torched earth. Torched earth. I'm not gonna go rip the bandaid off. I'm gonna say I would accept those terms. Gotcha. But do you also sort of have anything ready to rock just in case? 
Oh yeah, you keep your you keep your dragons. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that'd be an important caveat. Like we keep our dragons. Yeah. And 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 the ones that dragons throwing on the dragon mod. Yeah. You blew it, Chris. Who's uh, blowing it? Who's who is who 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 blew it? My you blew it's the obvious one. Arax, dude. Like why? What what are you, you gonna breathe fire on the biggest freaking baddest dragon on earth right now? I know. What was that like a slap on the? Come on. So Arax. You blew it. You blew it, buddy. You blew it, and I'm going to go same scene, different dragon. Vagar, listen, buddy, you got a little bit of fire breathed on you, as if you haven't breathed fire on somebody before. Grow up, have <laughs> relax. You don't need to go bite its neck off, because guess what? You got fire breathed on you, you are fine. Biting that thing's neck off, he's not all right. He's not, neither one of them are all right. Eamon's whole thing was an eye for an eye, and you just went above an eye for an eye. You don't even listen to Eamon, so Vagar. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it, bud. Yeah, and I get it. And the other guy drew first blood in that instance, but you were bullying him first. So I'm gonna say That's typical aim. I like that same scene, different dragon. Yeah, same scene, different dragon. <laughs> um, unnecessary titties, Chris. What is yours? My unnecessary titties was Rhaenyra really going through it with with same. her stillborn baby. The and, baby scene. It was graphic. Yeah, she was. She wasn't accepting help from anyone. She basically pulls it out of herself. It's it's you know it's got like scales on it. It's super bloody. Yeah, it's not good. It's very tough. I'm sure there will be articles written about it because I think situations like that. Maybe this is too heavy for the podcast that we have, but it's sort of like cancer. Everyone knows someone who's been through something similar. You know what I mean? Like everyone's touched by something like that. So I feel like that scene will resonate with a lot of people, and I feel like this particular one season there's been like four or five pregnancies that have been really three, rough three right? three yeah emma's and, and two of Rhaenyra's, you know yeah. and lena's yeah so four because four yeah two doubles Rhaenyra got doubled up huh yeah her first pregnancy technically i think was fine but it just showed the real brutality of it but yeah. three really rough pregnancies i just feel like whew, emotionally at this point i think we're all good if that doesn't happen anymore yeah and i, I think we will steer clear of that moving forward thank god I do I do think it's I think it's important to draw yeah. the draw the comparison between Emma and her. I agree. I it's weird cuz I'm not criticizing it so much. Like I agree what you said. I think it really had its place, but also it's just like I can understand why people would be like, "Ooh, another one of these." Yeah, huh? Kind yeah. of beaten down at this point. Yeah, I hope I hope um I hope people don't shy away from season 2 because of that. Um trial by combat. Now, I got a good one, I think. I don't know if it's my best long weekend but I, I liked it i was watching a little bit of love is blind because i love that show and i thought to myself you know what this is good but it doesn't go far enough because love isn't just blind love should be should go further you know what i mean so i came up with my own reality show version of love is blind and it's called well it's like imagine if love was both blind deaf and mute so you okay you can only taste smell and touch the person you're not in pods. You put the person in a room with a person. You sort of they stumble around, uh, and you're essentially love is blind, love is mute, love is deaf. I call it love is all fucked up. Um, <laughs> but essentially, yeah, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to talk and hear the person. You shouldn't be able to see them either. I agree with the love is blind mindset that love, you know, you sh- looks shouldn't matter. They do, but it sh- they shouldn't. But also, neither should what the person says or what you hear. Yeah, I I mean, if you really want to get deep and not be shallow at all, I think 
I think that's yeah. on the right track. Just imagine a bunch of people blindfolded with earmuffs on, like sniffing each other. You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, but then how do you how do you sniff through the pods? Are the pods not a thing then? Or no, not? yeah, you're like in a room together. Oh, okay. Yeah, the proposals, it, it admittedly, the proposals would be different, but you'd have to like grab their hand and like try to slide the ring on, and they could either reject it or <laughs> slither out <laughs> of there. It away. Yeah, and yeah, honestly, too, that's like. Depending on the rules for touching, you might not even know what gender the person is. You're really going to create some intimate relationships and really find out how people really are. I think it's just such a good idea. You know, I, I can't say that I wouldn't watch it, but I don't know that I get through the first episode. I think you would. I think you'd love it. <laughs> I think it, I think it's hilarious. Well, yeah. Um, send us send us your thoughts. We we you know this is this is it for this season, right? So. Send us like w- what you thought about the whole season. Are you excited for season two? I-, I think that from here on out, we're going to see a lot more kind of, you know, tragic, visceral. We're going to see a lot of war. We're like actual see a lot of war, war. Battles in the sky, on the land, at sea. Um, as we go forward, there will be one midweek mayhem this week. And then we will be doing a final sort of wrap-up episode um, with me and Chris in studio. And... Um, Probably over Skype, our master of TikTok, Kenzie, will be on that as well. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we'll be on a bit of a hiatus. But our Instagram and TikTok and Twitter will be up and running. And yeah. we will do random updates probably, you know, here or there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll keep you posted on everything that we hear as far as casting for next season, as far as when they start filming, you know, when writing is all done. So, yeah, we obviously we'll, we'll stay in touch. But please continue to reach out. We love you guys. Um, Last time I'm saying this this year. Well, maybe not last time. Like, share, subscribe, and yeah, that's all I got. And uh, yeah, Allison, hit me up. You are the rightful queen mm. of the seven. Of what? No, Ugh. she is to me. <laughs> <laughs>